anyway, got the important stuff done. Got my hot drink ready, and I thought I'd go outside and record this edition of the Coach's Notes audio version. Oh, it was kind of windy out earlier, so I put on the wind jammer. Wanted to see how that thing works out anyway. It's not too bad out, but I'll check it out. Anyway, it is Tuesday, the 2nd of July, and it's uh, coming up for here in the UK, coming up for 9 o'clock, so it's been a long, full-on day. And I've been out doing my consulting thing, Ooh, which is, uh, I mean, today, what did I do today? And uh, uh, it's a, such a varied um, client, this one, so today I was actually doing some filming um, and recording of stuff, e-learning stuff, digital stuff today. Um, so that's had me very, very much um, stationary. <laughs> ah, but it's nice. It's a lovely evening tonight. I'm digging it, man. I'm digging it. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. You don't want to hear about all of my daytime stuff, do you? <laughs> so I said, um, in the note leading up to this thing that had a couple of mind blowing, um, experiences today. Um, they were only mind blowing. Mind they were Jedi mind trick things, I would call them. Um, really, that's what I really meant. <laughs> um, and uh, it was some, well, it was stuff that was on, on the Facebook page, my Facebook page, or something that I posted this morning. If you didn't see it, um, it was the post about um, conformity and my dislike for conformity. But I started off with a quote from Journeys of an Underground Philosopher. It's actually called Tunnel Vision by Christopher uh, Ross. Great little book. Love it. I just kind of ran across it years and years ago, actually. Um, but it's one of my favorite return to books. I've returned to it quite often just to randomly open it up and read from it. So um, I opened up and... Number 38 was started off with the idea about, because um, basically what this, this book is, if you haven't read it, Underground, it's called Tunnel Visions, um, Journeys of an Underground Philosopher, and uh, essentially it's uh, a guy who self-titled himself a uh, philosopher, lived out in Japan teaching English forever and a day, um, then came back, got a high-speed job um, in the UK, making ungodly amounts of money, but then quit that. Uh, to go wandering. I'm actually, I probably had that backwards. He had a high-speed job, you know, the usual stuff, making loads of money, but he was young, making loads of money, quit that, went traveling, ended up in Japan, um, teaching English as a foreign language, came back to, he did a lot of stuff, actually, um, but made his way back to the UK, was broke, um, didn't want to go back to the life that he had in relationship to working the corporate nine to five because he wanted to be a philosopher and so he needed but he needed money so he's like i got to get a job that doesn't tax me mentally so i didn't want to do anything that was that was um office based and would require a lot of mental 
exertion because he wanted to save that up for his philosophizing and even to write this book. So he applied to work on the London Underground. Um, it's quite interesting because they had to kind of said he had to kind of dumb down his his qualifications so that he could get the job. They want to be come across as being overqualified. So anyway, he gets the job, and this book is essentially um, part. Um, I guess you would call it a memoir in that sense. It's, it's partly it's the um, it's the documentation of his his journey becoming an underground station attendant and in between that he flipped back and forth between that journey um, and his recollections or reflections from his travels um, so it goes back and forth like that and it's written in aphoris aphor aph aphorisms that kind of style where you know very um, short paragraphs self-contained in most cases but kind of loosely connected um, with each other. And the quote that was on the Facebook piece was uh, the pointer that I posted, the point of uniforms that he was having to, one of his hesitations of getting a job was the fact that he was going to have to wear a uniform. Uh-oh, there's a kitty. You might hear stuff. He's a... Uh, he doesn't... He's all right, come on. He's still not my friend, this cat. It's one of our foster cats um, that's having all the problems. I think I spoke about him before, but for some reason he just don't like me <laughs> very much. He likes me, but doesn't really dig on me um, that much. Um, so yeah, so one of his hesitations about getting this job was the fact that he would have to wear a uniform. So his comment was that the point of uniforms is to make everything outwardly the same and if possible, by a knock-on psychological effect, inwardly the same too. But he reckoned, because of his self-awareness, that he'd be able to um, not be changed by the uniform. That his internal contents didn't matter about uh, the external contents that he would be wearing. But that made me think about the fact that I absolutely <laughs> hate... Um, conformity you know i would consider myself a non-conformist but even it, as i'm saying that i know and realize that um you know as much as i hate conformity i do have to conform to things and it's just part of our culture we have a culture of conformity and in fact as um as jonathan put in the comments um, you know, some things, he says, Jonathan, this is Jonathan Kersey, he says, uh, um, certain things are wired into us, that we're non-conformists, and some things then, that we, so we conform, we don't conform to those things, and other things we conform to. Um, and I love this point there, he says, it always makes me laugh when we see people rebel, perhaps goths, hippies, bikers, etc., yet we then conform to that group we are in, which is so true, I mean, we've, even outsiders, when they stay to wear the badge of an outsider means that you have the certain dress. So if you go for the hippie look, then you become a part of that subculture. And that subculture has rules and norms. And if you don't hit the right rules and norms, then you're not accepted by that subculture. So you end up conforming 
to that subculture, even though in the mainstream culture, um, you don't conform to that. And then he says, um, you know, so we need it, otherwise it'd be chaos, but that would be fun too. But then, if we had this chaos, will we then be conforming to non-conformity? So we, it seems that we can't get out of this trap. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there you have it. So uh, I thought that was interesting. So the Jedi sort of mind squash. <laughs> As you kind of run that around in the circles, you have to conform. And maybe the com confirmation conformity comes in the fact that um, if you have any group or any social norms, you got a group and you have some social norms so that that group can um, exist with each other, then there's some conformity that happens. And I think man's just a natural herd animal anyway. You know, we have to be a part of the herd. We feel compelled to be part of the herd in fact you know we lived in tribes and things like that the one of the worst things and it's just because humans you know we we're not the uh while well, we just may have the brain power we don't have claws and things like that to make us fierce <laughs> so one of the things that we did you know thinking about in the sort of tribal days is you know was the strength in the pack wasn't it the strength in numbers and the worst worse than death would be to be um, sent away from the tribe, exiled, sent out to try and survive on your own. Not a good thing. So yeah, so we have this innate need to be a part of the herd, herd and in order to do that, you got to conform. And I hate it. <laughs> I do. I hate it. I can't stand it, man. Um, Oh, it try, I don't know. It's one of those things that, you know, as much as I can get away with, I try to get away with. Um, yeah, and I know it's strange coming from a former military guy, perhaps, but, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so that was one. And, yeah, and I think I ended that off with saying that um, I think that conformity is not good for us and that it's just, what is this? Someone's trying to break into the school. That it feels like a, a thinly veiled slavery, basically. These rules, man. Come on. <laughs> I know Jeffrey Helms, shout out to Jeffrey Helms. He goes in one of his replies to me, and yet you wear a tie. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. Anyway, the other one. The other little Jedi mine trip I had today and this one's a cool one this one's uh my friend Sarah Beth Hunt posted in our Havana Cafe sessions forum and it's from it's a, a post off the science explorer and basically it says a different version of you exists in the minds of everyone who knows you now this is this this is mind-blowing this one right so basically in this book that this guy's read it says the main character goes crazy when he realizes that no one really knows him does anybody ever really know us really and um, it was it was um john green um is that right maybe maybe novelist who wrote um harder to matter probably i think it's green I don't know. Harder to Matter is the name of the book, the novel. 
uh, great novel, by the way, if you haven't read it. Um, and one of the themes in that book was that you can never really know another person. So I can empathize with you. I can, you know, extrapolate what you might be going through, what you might be thinking, but I can never really know you unless I actually become you. And so with this, 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 all this goes on to say, so it says this, so the gist is that the person you think of as yourself is exists only for you. And even you don't really know who that is. Every person you meet, have a relationship with or make contact, con eye contact with on the street with creates a version of you in their heads. And this would be interesting. I, I think this is so what fascinates me about this, because let me just finish this. So you're not the same person to your mom, your dad, your siblings, um, your co-workers, your neighbors, or your friends. So there's a thousand different versions of yourself out there in people's minds. So a you exists in each version, and yet your you, yourself, isn't really someone at all. <laughs> what I thought was fascinating about that, what really was a mind trip for me but I know what I would love to know is I would like to get a feel for what everybody's version of me is like you know if we can kind of just compile that for what <laughs> what do you what who am I in the eyes of all of that do you know just think of think of think I mean you can only see the world through you know your eyes your perspective your experiences that sort of come with that and whatever things that you come into contact with um you know it's gonna have the filter of your perceptions and mosquitoes are trying to bite me up here it's too cold for mosquitoes is that a mosquito or is that a spider i don't know what it is it's trying to bite me up um so yeah so you can you can where was I at? <laughs> I lost my place. I lost my place in my mind. Oh yeah, so um, having and knowing, if so it'd be interesting to know who I am in these different versions and what would that actually add up to? Do you know? Just think about that. If everyone's perception of you is different, what's their ex actual experience of you? Now, I know that we have common traits that people can, you know, say, you know, this guy's a good guy and he does this or, you know, he's a bonehead or we do have adjectives and characteristics and attributes that we can assign to a person. But you still only know that as a word and you only know that as a word based off of your own experience of what that, you know, the definition, but your experience of a word will be slightly different from mine and from the next person next to you as well. So even though we have some common traits and attributes to attribute to certain behaviors and things like that, we still, you still don't 100% know what another person, how they are perceiving you. And because of all the variables that has led that person to be who they are, and they see you through that filter. And everybody's filter is different. Hmm. So, I don't know. Chew on that, man. I think that's uh, 
that's a great one to chew on. And it must be, and if anybody knows, there must be a book on like, um, and I'm trying to, because I have something, it was the hundred brothers, but that was just a book that had a hundred different points of view. But I'm just trying to think of a, if you know of one, um, where you experiencing, oh, hold on a second. I was just going to say, if you know of a book where they're experiencing the same character, but you're seeing it from all the different people's points of view that he or she comes in contact with. But I did just get a book about two weeks ago that doesn't do it of a person, but of a situation. Basically, it's like 99 ways to tell a story. And it's about uh, the central characters um, getting the, and catching a bus to go to work or something like that. But you have this incident that happens on this journey told from in 99 different ways. I haven't read it yet. It's on my uh, desk to be read. But yeah, so if you know of a book itself that just where you get the individual, but you see that individual through lots of different eyes different yous the yous the you that is you is the you really me and 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 this can spin way out of control because i'm just i know i've done some had some conversations on the havana podcast about how um social media shapes us as in, if we post like our, we post the best versions of ourselves, mostly online, don't we? So you post what you want people to see of you, right? But then you get a response back from that. And those responses that make you feel good, the likes, the hearts, and all that sort of stuff. So that conditions you to say, well, people like my posts that, that I post about me like that and so you start responding to the feedback that you get and you start to take on what that feedback is based and that's only based off what you're showing people so you're not getting a true reflection of yourself or yourself is being changed based off of the reflection that you're getting back from others which is based off a reflection that you're giving them that isn't the 100% 360 degree version of you if you see where I'm kind of going with that so you know there's you know you heard of the echo chamber and things like that that you know the algorithm serves you up more what it thinks you want that you're likely to like and therefore limiting your view of situations of politics of the world, your worldview, then becomes um, very narrowed because you just get more of the same off of these algorithms, which kind of sucks. It's one of the things I do miss about um, the old internet. <laughs> Back in my day, when the internet first came out, and it was the wild, wild west. Um, I really enjoyed it. It was literally a wild, wild west. Um, you just got all kind of weird and wacky stuff and you had to go look for the stuff as well then you have to go find it now we just sit back behind the walled gardens of Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and you just get fed 
what the algorithms say. Oh yes, you're like this, and I'm just gonna feed you more of that. So you don't, you don't get. So it's harder to go out and find weird and wonderful things because you have to work at it. And we're getting too conditioned to just flick through the news feed. That thumb, man, the thumbs are gonna become a different appendage, isn't it? Because it's just gonna warp to that. You hear that sound? That's the sound of my finger flipping through my news feed. <laughs> oh, so yeah, man. Just go on to Google. And even that um, has its limitations there. So maybe go to Duck Duck, Go Duck, or whatever the hell that thing is called. Um, and try and, you know, go. Like when I do a Google search, sometimes I like to go, you know, if it returns, you know, 500 pages <laughs> i like to go to the end man let's go to the stuff that doesn't make it to the to the front um just yeah yeah man yes do it <laughs> all right mm. i'm gonna get rocking and rolling um because i actually have some video editing to do in addition to getting this edited and up and posted and out up on the notes yes i want to refine my um statement a little better as well which i guess i'll just post that up just looking in the notebook to find it um in terms of what the notes are about so nice journey i'm digging this journey and if you've listened this far thanks for listening and thanks for coming on this journey with me and let's uh let's continue this ride and uh, yeah you can always hit reply as well let me know what's on your mind what you've been thinking or any insights uh, this conversation or anything in the notes might spark and as always as i try to expand my little empire <laughs> my little media empire baby um yeah share this share it out into the wild so someone else can find something weird and wacky. <laughs> so, so, hey, man, this off the wall thing that I get into my inbox three times a week. Have a, have a read and have a listen. I like it. All right, cool. Anyway, have a good time doing whatever it is that you do. Make sure you make some time to have a coffee reflect and think about what what does it mean to be alive in this place in this time all right peace out <laughs>